Welcome to the Joey Mitchell Podcast. Celebrity interviews. Joey's been broadcasting his radio show throughout California for over 51 years and has interviewed hundreds of celebrities. Most of these interviews have only aired once. Now, he's decided to share them once again. Every week, a new celebrity with a behind-the-scenes peek into what happened before and after the interview. So sit back, relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Hey, thanks, Todd, and welcome to another edition of Celebrity Interviews with me, Joey Mitchell. So glad you could drop by. Whatever business you happen to be in, there's someone in that profession you look up to. I don't care if you're a police officer, a football player, a musician, a singer. There's somebody that you so admire, you aspire to be only half as good as they are, and you'd be happy. For me as a broadcaster, that person would be sportscaster Gary Gerald. Whether he's announcing Sacramento Kings games or motor racing on NBC, Gary Gerald is at the top of his profession. The best of the best. And it's a thrill for me to call him a friend. I've known him for years here in Sacramento. And he's a gentleman, a family man, and kind to everybody in the business. Well, it was a thrill for me, needless to say, to actually set up an interview with Gary. And I called him early in the morning. I think I woke up the whole family when I did and got to talk to him at length about his career and how it all started. Here's my interview with Gary Gerald, the G-Man, on 101.5 K-Hits. He's just completed 2,500 games for the Kings. It's a remarkable accomplishment. We're talking about the G-Man, Gary Gerald, and he's on the line right now. Hi, Gary. How are you? Joey, I'm good. Thank you so much. We have been friends for so many years. How did this G-Man thing start? Hmm. That's a question I don't know that I have an answer to. It was back in the days, right? Uh, I worked at Channel 3, KCRA Television, for about 12 years. And when I left there in the late 1970s, uh, somewhere along the line, that name had become kind of a nickname. Ah. And uh, it, it was just, I can't, I can't put in a, a specific person to it or how it came about, but it, it just evolved, I guess. Okay, in that case, it was me. now you've been calling king's games since they first came to sacramento how did you get the gig kind of an interesting story uh and i and i don't want to bore you to death but it was one of those situations where uh very early in the year of 1985 i got a phone call totally out of the blue one day and it was gregory dutch van dusen and he basically was saying let's play what if and i said well all right he said, what if the Kansas City Kings were to move to Sacramento? Would you be interested in becoming the radio voice of the Kings? And I, you know, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Are you serious? And, of course, I said yes. And one thing led to another, and I didn't hear anything for a few weeks. And then one day, the station manager from KFBK Radio that was going to end up eventually having the rights to King's broadcast in the early years, Paul Aaron called, and he said, Gary, I'm going to Kansas City day after tomorrow to watch the Sacramento Kings play somebody. Uh, would you like to go with me and maybe say hello to a couple of the folks uh, in the organization? And so I said, well, of course. Went to Kansas City, met General Manager Joe Axelson, Bob Whitsett, who is his assistant, and some others. Came back to Sacramento, didn't hear anything for a long period of time. And then suddenly, boom, here comes word that the Kings are, in fact, 
going to the NBA, ask, requesting to transfer the franchise to Sacramento. And so in kind of a long, convoluted way, that's how it all came about. Isn't that something? Now, the Maloofs were the owners back then, right? No, actually, they were the third series of owners. Oh. A uh, fellow here in uh, Sacramento, um, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm just... I don't ever get old, Joey. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But uh, so yeah, Greg that, Lukenbill is who I'm. Greg okay. Lukenbill. Yeah. He he and his group, Joe Benvenuti, and some of them, they owned the Kings in Kansas City for a couple of years. Brought them to Sacramento. The Maloofs came along in the oh about the '90s, I guess, okay. as right. the third group of owners of the Kings, and, and now we're Vivek Ranadive and his group. So we've been through four sets of owners over the years. Okay, since the Maloofs are gone, can you can you tell me <laughs> honestly, I, were they tough to work for? No, conversely, they were very easy to work for, and and they treated me very well. And and unfortunately, the the last years that they owned the franchise, uh, they fell into a lot of disfavor with with loyal Kings fans, and mm-hmm. I fully understand that because they were seeking, uh, they were in financial difficulty, and they were seeking to move the franchise and to recoup some of their money. And I, I understand that, but boy, it left a bitter, bitter taste uh, in the in the mind, mouths of, of so many, including yeah, myself. I was yeah. really frustrated at that time, Joey. I can imagine so. But uh, it, it all worked out, and uh, a lot of it is, uh, is uh, our former Mayor Johnson's uh, worked. Do you agree? Well, absolutely. Uh, without Kevin Johnson, uh, the Kings... I, would not be in Sacramento. The franchise would have gone. Mm-hmm. And and with his work and, and finding people who were capable of becoming owners, his relationship with the NBA, then Commissioner David Stern, who, in, it's my understanding, basically just provided a long, long checklist and told Kevin Johnson, if you can accomplish all of these things, the Sacramento Kings will stay as the Sacramento Kings. And bless his heart, uh, to, to my amazement, Kevin Johnson was able to do that. And, Joey, it's amazing to me because, you know, only only four years ago this month, we were still in a state of limbo. We mm-hmm. did not know whether or not the Kings would stay in Sacramento. It certainly looked like they were headed to Seattle. And for them to not only stay in Sacramento but to now be in the home of the new Golden One Center, just a spectacular progress and when you step back and look at that big picture, it's really an amazing story. Yeah, it really is. Now, when you travel with the team, do you actually fly with them on the same plane and stay at the same hotels? Yes, yeah, we do. Uh, Kings have a charter service through the NBA. Delta Airlines has a, a fleet of uh, reconfigured 757 aircraft, and they fly the bulk of uh, the NBA teams uh, around the country. And so... You know, it's it's certainly a whole lot better than having you know commercial. Oh yeah. Flight. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, we we spend uh, a lot of time on that on those airplanes uh, with the Kings and and uh, hard to believe that this season is almost starting to wind down right now. Isn't that something? So that close proximity, do players ever come up to you and go, "Hey, Gary or G Man, I don't like what you said about me in a game." <laughs> No, I don't think that they hear very often. <laughs> you know, if, I'm sure if you were to say something that was, you know, super critical or if it was, and I try not to, to, to do that. Uh, I try to be realistic, Joey. There's no question about it. But I, I think in that case that maybe word might get to them. 
But uh, I think probably the last thing on their minds is what, you know, a broadcaster happens to be saying <laughs> about their performance. In your opinion, was the DeMarcus Cousins trade the right thing to do? I do think it was the right thing to do. Uh, there were certain things that DeMarcus was tremendously, uh, he was terrific in terms of his community involvement and his involvement, particularly with youngsters, things that he would do to help people in need and behind the scenes. But by the same token, on the floor, we all know he has extraordinary skills. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't seem to be working for whatever reason. And, you know, six and a half years of in Sacramento and, and trying, and he was amazing in terms of his skills. But the demeanor on the floor and some of the other activities and things, I think it was time to say, all right, let's go in a different direction. Let's see if we can, can find a way to make this work. And it's it's a struggle. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. But you hope that a good legitimate foundation is being laid and it's going to take stability and it's going to take patience on the part of the ownership and on the part of fans and it's just you know fans don't want to hear that they want to win now yeah and i yeah. understand that but hopefully and the kings have been down this road so many times with different changes in coaching staff personnel and one thing or another but you can only hope and say all right here's what we've got to deal with Let's make this, let's find a way to make this work. That's why he's so successful. Isn't he cool and smooth, folks? I'm telling you, the G-Man can do it. So what was the worst game you had to call? Can you remember and why? Mm -hmm. Well, there have been more than one. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to now you're gonna have to apologize on the plane again. Here we go. <laughs> Well, you know, Joey, back in the very first year, I vividly remember right before Christmas, the Kings were playing in Milwaukee, lost by, I think it was 58 points. Wow. And came home, and we're scheduled to have a Christmas party the next day at the old Woodlake Inn in Sacramento. They just tore it down. I'm, I'm about four I, blocks from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went to the Christmas party. And, you know, it was, you know, people's jaws were hanging down. I mean, you're he, just coming home from just getting absolutely drilled. Yeah. The worst loss that the, the Sacramento Kings had endured, of course, they'd only been here a short period of time. Joe Axelson took me aside. He knew that I was down, and he, he the general manager, and he said, Gary, you just have to understand, there are going to be nights like this in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And you can't explain it. You just have to find a way to refocus, regroup, and move on. Yeah. And it was it was terrific advice. And unfortunately, the Kings did lose a handful of more games in blowout fashion <laughs> over the years. But by the same token, there are also, you turn that around, and there are some terrific, memorable nights where the Kings did win, and some of them ended up in losses. But it's just, what a ride it's been over now 32 years. Yeah, you were there with the glory days, too. And I'm talking about, of course, when Vladi was a player and, and Chris Weber And, oh, man, those were some days. And we went to the playoffs. Uh, do you ever see that coming back? Well, that's what everybody, you know, wants to see. And that's what they're striving for, certainly. And, and again, you just hope that the foundation is being laid that will get you there. It doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, big draft coming up this spring, and it looks like the Kings are going to have a couple of good early first-round selections. So you hope that in a very talented, I am told, draft, that you'll find the talent. You can continue to, you know, build another layer of that foundation and try to get back to those 
amazing days, well, eight straight years under Rick Adelman where the yeah. Kings got into the playoffs and came oh so close uh, mm-hmm. in 2002 with the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, uh, uh, speaking of the Lakers, as an aside, just a personal note, I, I went to high school with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So. Wow, yeah. The tall gene didn't didn't stretch in your direction, I guess. No, but we would, <laughs> I'm glad you said that, we would ride the subways home, and while we were waiting for the train, people would pull in, and you know how... New Yorkers are blasé and you know just uh, they don't react they would see my head and his belt buckle as they drove in <laughs> and they actually would double take a New Yorker would do, <laughs> do you well, he s- was amazing absolutely and he continues to be amazing yeah. uh, the work that he does outside of basketball now in his in his latter years uh, just a phenomenal individual have and a yeah, really nice guy. Him. Yeah, really nice yeah. guy, too. Do you ever see yourself retiring? Well, I mean, obviously, you look down the road, and, and I think two things impact. I have a passion, Joey, for what I do. I love what I do. I love being a broadcaster. I love the opportunity to be with the Kings. I love the longevity I have. But it's driven at, at my age now by health. And as long as I have good health, yeah. and as long as the organization wants to continue to have me around, I absolutely want to continue to do to do the job, and uh, here's hoping that you know uh, the wolf's not that close to the door just yet. Yeah, uh, as far as uh, as I'm concerned, you still sound like the first day you started. I mean, your voice hasn't changed at all, and your well, energy kind. and your delivery. Do, do you uh, still do the the racing, the car racing? I pulled out of that about a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, and that's helped you know kind of reduce the some of the stress and of travel and the schedule. Uh, the demands are pretty crazy. And I, I did network television, motorsports for almost 40 years. Wow. And uh, it's been good. I, I didn't know how that would work. I missed the people. But it's certainly nice to have, to be able to devote, you know, all of the time toward basketball and broadcasts and, and not miss games as I did on occasion in the past. Well, I'm a big fan, and I want to see you announcing Kings games on the radio for uh, as long as I can remember uh, and as long as I can wish for uh, 2,500 games. Let's do another 2,500. Gary, Gerald, God bless you, my friend. Joey, thank you so much. You're very, very kind. And, and our thanks to fans who still follow the Kings and, and, you know, root for them and pull for them, and we appreciate that so much, even though it's, it's tough right now. When you don't get the reward, when you don't get, you know, a win from time to time, it's difficult. But hopefully those things are going to turn around and we'll remain as optimistic as we can. And and let's see how it plays out. That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast patreon.com slash joey mitchell podcast and you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers please visit and like joey mitchell's podcast on facebook and tell us what you think thanks for listening